0: trying to understand the base here on american issues take two i'm jay fidel this is think tech and i'm joined by tim apachella my co-host and stephanie stahl dalton regular contributor to our show thank you for joining us you guys thank you so uh here we are trying to figure out what's going on and and uh, yes it was really terrific that we had some powerful conservative witnesses uh in congress before the select committee on january 6th yesterday and some others from the Department of Justice today. But what is troubling about it, and I wanted to cover this with you guys, uh, is Rusty Bowers, um, and maybe the others too. Uh, He says Trump did bad things to him, made made unreasonable, uh, unlawful demands on him, asked him to compromise everything in his life, and he refused to do that um, because he knew it was wrong. Okay, good, like that. that. That'll bring a tear to your eye. Um, he was a very good witness. But then, as a postscript, he says, but I'd vote for him again. Now, this is very troubling, and this is a kind of a, it's a keyhole into what's going on with the base. They may not like what Trump does, like Bowers. They may not agree with what he, what he does, but at the end of the day, they'll vote for him again or his um, you know, endorsees. So um, I'd like to make some analysis of that today because I think that is really central in what is going to happen between now and November. So Tim, your thoughts, uh, you watched it and you watched it today. Maybe you can update us on you know, how, 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 how much that counts and what it means in our analysis.
1: Thank you, Jay. Um... Well, before I could talk about today, I really have to talk about yesterday and, and, and Rusty Bowers, the Secretary, excuse me, the Speaker of the House for Arizona, uh, in a very poignant and eloquent way of describing his faith and, and his belief in his oath to office, that it's, you know, a, an oath before God. And he, you know, I, I actually did bring a tear to my eye that, you know, he felt strongly that the, the Constitution had some divine inspiration upon it as it was being created. Um, and then he said, under no circumstance could I break my oath to office, no matter how loyal I was to Donald Trump, and under no uh, circumstance would I do so, certainly without any evidence, which they promised to give him. Uh, Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump said, we have mountains of information and, and evidence, and they never produced it. But, if, but let's, look at, let's look at Rusty Bowers and what they did to him. I mean, my God, they, they, they had a loudspeaker on, attached to a truck roaming through the neighborhoods, his neighborhood. Uh, belting out uh, phrases that uh, Rusty Bowers was a pedophile. I mean, day in and day out, you you know, how would you like to be called a pedophile in your own neighborhood? Or that they're harassing his terminally ill daughter who's dying of cancer. Or they're, you know, trying to pick fights with his neighbors, uh, some with a gun uh, attached to his, you know, holster. Uh, These are horrible, horrific things to have happen to you by the person you're loyal to, Donald Trump. And yet, he stood his ground, and he did not, he would not uh, break his faith and break his oath to office. Yet, by the end of the hearing, afterwards, he said, but I'd still vote for him. Really, after things I've just described, uh, Donald Trump did to him, and through you know, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani did to him, he's still going to vote for Donald Trump should he run for, in the 2024 election. Are you kidding me? So what does this tell me? It tells me one of three things. One, which we've talked about in this show before, is Donald Trump truly is a cult personality. And as you know, in a cult personality, when you follow him, you 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 basically check out on all your rational powers, all your thinking, critical thinking powers, you check out on that. And you follow just out of loyalty and you're part of the cult. Or number two, uh, Rusty Bauer's desire to stay in power as speaker of the house in arizona is so great that he had to kind of now balance great back to the great fearless leader donald trump or last but not least i think it's the psychological attraction that we cannot dismiss for all human beings who wish to belong to a group and do not want to be cast aside or be considered or defined outside of that group and i'll tell you right now gop group is a lot stronger uh, and their identities are 10 times stronger than any democratic um, identity. Uh, they don't call it identity politics for nothing. And the GOP has a monopoly on, on walking in lockstep and staying on the points, uh, you know, talking points. So I think it's one of three things. And I, I I cannot explain Rusty Bauer's behavior other than what I just mentioned, why he would want to have Donald Trump back as president of the United States.
0: Thank, thank you, Tim. You know, it reminds me of a couple of things. One is, you know, there's a phenomenon in psychology where if you are imprisoned uh, and your your guard, your interrogator, does terrible things to you, um, you actually start forming a relationship with that person over time, and you admire him, and you actually have a, a kind of affectionate relationship. Uh, I'm not sure why that happens, but that it's is- called Stockholm syndrome.
1: Why don't you describe that to us? Well, you just did. Um, Well, number one, Stockholm Syndrome takes place because you're in such fear for your own safety. And so you try to ingratiate yourself with your captor. And you do so any way you can. You start talking about your family. You start talking about their family. And you try to form a relationship. And unbeknownst to you, you become persuaded by that your captor that their cause and their mission is right. And you are not right. Uh, And you start, I'm thinking of Patty Hearst uh, was where the Stockholm syndrome uh, term came from uh, during her kidnapping. And it is just that it's a transformation. It's a brainwashing of your ideas for those who have captured you.
0: Okay. And I'm also thinking of a phenomenon that I have seen in talking with somebody I know to be a Trumper. And, um, you know, he he said to me in the course of the conversation, trying to convince me that I... Uh, you know Trump was a good person and uh, worthy, and so forth. He said, "Quote: Would you rather have Hillary Clinton as your president?" And my answer to that was, "Of course I would. Of course I would. Absolutely." But what he was playing on is this notion of moral um, assassination uh, and repetition of that assassination, uh, and I think it's part of this uh, this cult thing you describe. Um, if you keep on running someone down, and you repeat that, and you have your acolytes repeat that over and over again, then you know, a group at, at, at the receiving end begins to uh, think that uh, Hillary Clinton is a bad person, even though there's no evidence of that. Um, so I, I think that's, that's part of it too. What, what troubles me, Stephanie, is, is at the end of the day, if I'm an ordinary Joe Blow, Watching Rusty Bowers yesterday, um, I come away with with you know his analysis, which is yeah Trump did some things personally, because he was on the phone with me personally, asking me to do this that and the other thing, and he was wrong, dead wrong, and then he caused his uh, you know his his base to attack me and my family and my and my friends and call me names, and even when my was it. A, Sister, daughter was dying. Um, Really gross things. But after all those gross things, gross things, I'm going to vote for him. And and what is the message then to the base that is watching? I mean, even assuming they are watching, because it's not clear the base is watching these hearings. Um, The message is, you know, he did some bad things, but you should still vote for him, like me, because at the end of the day there's nobody better than him he can fix it he alone can save us this sort of really bizarre um twisted thinking so um do you agree with that stephanie um do you what do you think the ultimate effect is of rusty bowers testimony on on the base
2: well i'm most grateful Thank you for the complicated question, Jay. It's a considerable question and one that we all are grappling with, I'm sure. I mean, I am, and I have a great deal of respect for Rusty Bowers, as you and and Tim have commented on, and he's an upstanding person and a a major leader for the state and therefore for the country. Um, But as far as um, his and we are indebted to him because he put, he did not go along with it. So he is a moral man and knew where he drew his line and he acted on it. So, um, these other questions have to do with some of the other foibles that, that humans have to cope with. And, um, I guess we call them now today's ecological, uh, personalities. I mean, we've got people who are, um, Narcissist. Uh, now whether Rusty Bauer, if that's an uh, a, an indicator of narcissism, or if he's about being an idealist like Plato's ideals and that the most important thing to him, of course, in addition to the things he told us about in his his poignant speech, is that, you know, his idealism is such that the Republican Party is overriding who it is that is the foibles of the nominee. And so some shortcomings in the nominee would not necessarily preclude him from going with what the party says, is their their choice and what the party wants people to align with. So so there's there's that kind of affiliation kinds of things going on. And as I uh, Tim alluded to that earlier, and also being an insider and not being locked out of the group. But um, yes, he we we're we're dealing with some psychology that has been d- demonstrated. Uh, and I, uh, I, I'm, I've kind of lost myself on exactly what your question was. Well, I,
0: let, me, let me go a step further. Now you have um, talked to us about education many times on this program, and you have suggested that if we could only educate um, the people in the base, then they would use their critical thinking, um, and they would, you know, not, not, not support Trump um, or the things that Trump is doing to destroy the democracy. Um but but the reality is you so often see um, these legislators, um, uh, these people in positions of power uh, who who are very well educated, lawyers who are are well informed about the Constitution, about democracy, about uh, free and fair voting, and so forth, and yet they come out for trump. Um, now I, I, this is an unfair question, but i I, I I don't think that education is always you know the solution. You could educate them at Harvard and Yale and still find out that they 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 don't make it to a logical conclusion. So how do you feel about that, stephanie? I mean, are we still on the right track by suggesting a new look at education would help um and and of course, education doesn't help right away. it takes decades for it to sink in, whatever it is, but are we? Are we really? Um, will we really benefit by a new look at education? Well,
2: well, Jay, that that is just a fabulous question. As I, as I've been watching and thinking about things through this along those lines, and here emerge Holly's from um, the uh, com, from Harvard, and Harvard has many graduates that have been participating in this on what we believe is the wrong side, uh, the one that is just. Denying democracy, and Eastman, the lawyer who came up with the whole plan that Trump followed, he's a University of Chicago lawyer. Well,
0: there's been guys from Yale. Don't well, forget in
2: them. H- actually, and so I, you know, I, so it's led me to really think about this. This is really important. And so it turns out that uh, some of the things I was thinking about initially with the way Trump has um, leashed uh, or unleashed the uh the part of America that I have maintained is not really the part of the population in America that I've maintained hasn't really been enfranchised over the decades, and those are the people that are in um trump's base and so a lot of those people i mean they they have been um the data has said some are uh, uh not college graduates and also they they're not employed you know they what are they doing they're they're very interested in their own ways of life that are in cultural subcontext you know around the nation and um uh, out of the, you know, Ruby Ridge kind of thing. And, the, you know, the places in the States where people are are pretty extreme in, in, in enacting their beliefs. So there's a lot of that that we're not taking into account. And what Trump has done for has is brought all those people up and into his base. And they're going to support him. And that's what he knew. And that's still 30,
0: 40 percent of the country, at least. Let, me, let, let, let me, me jump in on that point,
2: Jay, is, if I may, just real briefly. Let me just make one more point and tie it back to the first part of the question, which is I've come to see that, no, it's not a, that no college degree. It's just as you said, Jay, is that, you know, everybody is locked. It you know, has the same um, chance of falling into this, depending on their makeup and their values and their ethics and their morals.
1: Well, not so me, not me, Stephanie, and not you and not Tim. <laughs> Tim, what did you want to oh, add to that? I wanted to add this. I mean, even Governor Newsom has jumped in on this very issue, and that is the Democrats have lost the culture war. Um, thanks to Fox Channel. I won't call them Fox News anymore. Thanks to Fox Channel. Trump. <laughs> and his ability to pump up cultural wedge issues, he has painted the Democrats as a bunch of socialists, a bunch of woke, be wanting members of society. And that's not where America wants to go. And he's painted Democrats in a very, very negative light. And guess what? It worked. It has worked completely. And until we address the cultural issues that are being painted against the Democrats, um, these so called very well educated people are going to vote for Trump because they don't want to be associated with the negativity that has been painted upon Democrats. And until we address that, we will continue to lose. Uh, we're going to lose seats in the House. We're going to lose seats in the Senate. And until we start standing up on the cultural issues, uh, as Governor Newsom suggests we should, uh, and he's right, um, we will continue to be defeated. So, why are people still hanging on to Trump? Because he's won them on cultural issues,
2: and those are, those are what?
1: Well, number one, cultural um, issues. Okay, let's go down the line. Uh, you know, stop taking away um, statues in the South because you some woke uh, thinks it's inappropriate and quit taking away our, our statues. Stop teaching, and it doesn't happen. But uh, critical race theory in school, again, a, a wedge issue that never took place but is now understood has taken place everywhere in America. So there's the power of propaganda. Uh, stop taking away our rights to own guns. Uh, again, no one's saying you can't own a gun. But again, that's been painted so beautifully and masterfully against Democrats that they want to take away your guns. So those are just three very quick examples of how the Democrats have completely lost the cultural war.
0: Yeah, somehow this relates back to the thing I was saying about Hillary Clinton. You know, moral assassination of not one person, but a number of people and a number of cultural concepts, if you will, Um, keep doing it, you keep doing it, and after a while, people begin to question
1: You know, I have a friend just like your friend, Jay, and he admitted, yeah, we trampled all over the Constitution, but what's more important, that or getting rid of Joe Biden? And that's a direct quote. And as a friend I respect and I like, but uh, he acknowledged that, Over 245 years of a free, a fair election and the transfer of power, uh, be damned. If it gets rid of Joe Biden, so be it. Wow.
2: Okay. All right. Now, fortunately, I just have to say this because finally, actually, in an interview, um, the the Fed chair and Janet Yellen, they were actually asked, what does the president have to do with inflation? (laughs) <laughs> and they both said nothing. 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 There's nothing he can do about that. What does that president have to do with the stock market going down? That reminds example, you,
1: perfect example, Stephanie, of how that has been painted against Democrats and Joe Biden. I, I couldn't have, that, it is the perfect example of losing a culture war.
2: And they had no trouble answering that question. I was such so grateful and I, I haven't seen it on the loop. It should yeah. be on a loop. It's, because it's, that's the part. I guess that's what's drew, drawn me to the education part of it. Because we should know that, but of course, none of us know no, that. No, but you have to
1: remember, because, uh, Chairman Powell and, and Yellen, they're woke.
2: Yeah, right. right and they they've,
1: right, they've right, been attacked,
0: and their credibility has been undermined, and so forth.
2: Um, so it's not. Yeah. This
0: reminds me of a comment that I, that I heard this morning, an hour ago, um, on today's proceedings uh, in the Select Committee. This fellow uh, Jeffrey Rosen, who Trump was uh, endearing himself to and elevating and, and making him, you know, for a time the acting, uh, you know, Attorney General after after Barr's uh, resignation, which I I question that resignation by the way, I mean the bona fides of it, the intention, the sincerity, the genuineness of it. But anyway, um, and this the whole discussion was. What in the world does Jeffrey Rosen know about, um, what was the subject you recall? Um, The subject they were asking him about, uh, I guess it was uh, uh, voting. Um, Yeah, it was about the the accuracy of the vote count. It was about free and fair voting. And in in his job in the Department of Justice, then he was down several levels. He had nothing to do with voting nothing at all to do with this issue um, never investigated it never charged with anything and, and and it was like a whole it was a lie uh to use him to elevate him um and it, it's sort of the reverse of talking stink about uh hillary clinton as you take somebody who is absolutely unqualified um, and you elevate that person the other thing that comes to mind is deborah bricks is it deborah bricks Who was was really quiet like a mouse, uh, you know, sitting on the sidelines while Trump was talking about using bleach as a a way to deal with COVID. And she never said anything. She knew it was wrong. Only now, really, is she coming out about that. Um, It's just so interesting. And it goes back to Ann Applebaum's article about how how this evolved in Eastern Europe after World War II. People were just simply afraid. They were cowed. Okay, but here, I want to go to another question to both of you. Tim, let me pose it to you first. Hmm. We are going to see, including right now, as we speak at this very moment, new evidence coming out against Trump. Evidence we haven't seen before. Evidence that's just as shocking as yesterday, just as shocking as last week. Evidence of bad acting, evidence of criminal conduct. You know, I mean, we talked about this on your show yesterday. To me, uh, Trump was engaged in felonious criminal conduct, and I see that beyond a reasonable doubt. I think he should be tried and convicted and sent to jail. That's just my view. Um, You probably don't wanna put me on the jury after I've said that. But there's gonna be more evidence that comes out from this committee, from the press, over the next few months. And the question I put to you is, now that we know what Rusty Bowers is saying, now that we understand a little more about how the base reacts to information about evidence, about how Trump conducted himself in this and violated the law, what can happen, what will happen when the evidence mounts up further? There's every indication that it will. And then we'll find out stuff about him that makes him the central conspirator, the traitor who tried to bring our government down. How will the base react to
2: that?
1: Well, I'm, it's the old mantra, if not this, then what? If, if this isn't worthy of an indictment and prosecution, then what will it take? And I'm afraid of the message that occurs if they don't indict Donald Trump. What future uh, senators and future House representatives, it's going to be a free for all for their ability to say, well, I could break the law no one's going to do a darn thing to me. And so, um, but I understand that the DOJ, you know, a president's never been pursued criminally before. So I understand that, you know, if you're going to go up to bat, you better be 99.8% sure that you're going to get a conviction. And if you're at 80 percent or 90 percent, maybe you don't take that risk.
2: Well, you know, um, Jay, can I just say that Uh, that there's another issue here for coming from my viewing of the hearings today? There are so many that are complicit here, even though these these. Republicans who are in testifying right now, um, you know live and on tape and are being che- cheered on and gra- and and gratitude is given for their heroism. But there have been those that have made the point that Pence should not be lionized or considered a hero for what he did because he did he finally did the right thing at the last moment. But what what was wrong with telling somebody about this? on December the 6th, when he knew that tra- that that train was coming down the track on him. He knew that. And so I'm sitting there today listening to these guys again. And it's the same thing here, the entire White House. In my mind, I thought those guys were all complicit. Now, these are not the uneducated, not the ones without jobs. These are the highly educated lawyers and uh, very successful and competent people. And they were all in the midst of this mess developing, they could see the train coming down the track, and yet not one of them peeped up. Not one came out and did their duty, even though they were talking about it at the Department of Justice. They all knew, and they were all working even together to try and convince Trump that he didn't have a case. But they never informed the public or informed the media or gave anything out to this. Meanwhile, the media is just running around picking up on the Italian problems and the spaceships and the and the and the machines that weren't working on much lower level a kind of uh, evidence and innuendo. So I i just I I think the Justice Department has so many people to to pick from. They've got a smorgasbord.
0: board. Do you everyone. do you you saw the article about how uh, for the first time Eric Garland was actually calling witnesses who might. Uh, in his investigation, DOJ investigation, who might testify against Trump? First time it was in the paper yesterday. I think. Um, does this give you, um, you know, some comfort?
2: Did anybody step up? I didn't see the article.
0: I I, I don't know who the witnesses are, uh, and I don't know if anybody stepped up or.
2: or well, they said, have to now because they're on tape. Okay, so he's got. No, you, you don't.
0: You don't know exactly what he has to require them to appear. And remember, in the past, he's been really um, soft about pursuing uh, contempt charges against a number of witnesses who didn't show up in Congress. So uh, presumably, uh, he'll be stronger if it's his own own subpoena. Although, to me, I don't know what the difference is between his subpoena and a congressional subpoena. Um, But does this give you any comfort, any solace? Uh, What about you, Tim? Does this mean anything that now, after a year and a half, Merrick Garland is stepping up and subpoenaing witnesses in his investigation of of what Trump did?
1: Well, I kind of answered that in the last thing. I think there's a lot of being, he's being very timid because he doesn't know if he has a slam dunk prosecution. And until he can get to that point of of confidence, I think we're going to see more uh, timidity from Merrick Garland. I I think he's now feeling a little bit emboldened uh, from what not only what he's seen and his fellow prosecutors are seeing, but also now public opinion polls are starting to increase thinking Donald Trump has done something wrong. And, you know, I I think that helps the department of justice to move forward.
0: Uh, Uh, How, 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 how how, how much confidence do you have? This is all going to mean something, you know, because what we've discovered today is that not only do you have a base that continues to like Trump and, and Trump's, uh, you know, endorsees, but you have people like um, Bowers who will vote for him again, even though they're moderate uh, Republicans. Um, and, and they have a certain amount of influence on people. And so, you know, it's, it's like two bases. One base is the un, unwashed, uninformed, and the other base is the guys who were in positions of power. And And who still would vote for Trump? Mm-hmm. And uh, are they going to change their minds because of additional evidence that comes in in these hearings, or possibly in Merrick Garland's hearings? Are they going to change their minds? You know, because right now it seems to me we have a major problem in terms of the public opinion in this country. This country is in a state of divisiveness, and um, you know, a half or maybe more or less than half are completely dead wrong about about how we preserve our democracy. Um, is is all of this going to make a hill of beans difference when they're all hypnotized in this cult you talk about?
1: Well, it better, Jay, it better because, you know, the Department of Justice is one of the many spokes of the wheel of our democracy. And, you know, there's not much holding our democracy together, it seems like. I mean, look at Congress. I mean, it's completely stymied by the filibuster. So nothing as, as John McCain you know, appropriately said, nothing's getting done, so we, we're you know we're in gridlock when it comes to passage of bills that help society, that help the common man uh, that's done it's not happening. so what's left? Well, when you see these crimes perpetrated against the democracy against the constitution, you're relying on one of the spokes, one of the of the wheel, a critical part of a spoke to the wheel, and if this is not followed upon and acted upon, I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of dismay and discouragement and lack of confidence for our so-called democracy. And I'm one of them. If if there are no indictments against Donald Trump, I'm going to say, what has happened to our democracy and and will it survive? Yeah.
0: and, And today we had this ridiculous decision by Clarence Thomas, Oh. Uh, about the New York, uh, I think it's the Sullivan Law, so you can't carry a handgun.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's
0: been the law in New York for a long time,
2: oh, hundred uh, years, hundred years. Today.
0: And 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 now and now they, they blew it away. Um, incredible. Um, the yeah. Supreme Court, the Supreme Court is broken. Uh, mm-hmm. Congress is broken, and 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 maybe a lot of the
1: government is broken. Because well, your last government. your last agency that needs to keep it together is the Department of Justice you're right
2: well the other thing that's going to keep it together is that there is 60 percent that are um on this other side we're we're among the 60 percent, okay or maybe more so i think that as people begin to see what was going on in the backdrop and that it, it it was purely evil these people um you know denouncing their their is there
0: any indication of that stephanie
2: Well, I think that we're going to have it in the in the votes because people are going to realize that's what I wake up and hear about New York's gun laws and the whole country. Now, everybody, you don't know where you're going to get shot now. And by that and with that, I think all protective uh, grace, they give people protect all that ought to be removed from everybody. Nobody. None of these people get protect the Supreme Court people at their houses. No protection. You're on your own. You want everybody with the gun. You're there out there with. Well, I mean, a
0: lot of people feel we're going to have violence here one way or the other because. Yeah,
2: and let them have divided.
0: Let them do Don't don't say that.
2: But Um, I think that that could be a surprise for all of us. Well, yeah, but I do think that uh, people um, are going to get riled up and that we are going to get some some people to, to, to come around and be more open. But our, the group that we're in isn't always, uh, they're not paying attention because they have jobs and they're uh, working and they're making money. They're not taking <laughs> it
0: seriously. That's I what mean- Tim is saying. They're not taking it seriously. Let me go to my last uh, point of inquiry with you. Trump may not win. He may not run. Uh, there are there you know, legal reasons that may bar him from running? Uh, Section three of the 14th Amendment, for example. And uh, people may not think that politically he's the best candidate, but we could have another kind of Trump. And whether we have another kind of Trump in in the, the White House, uh, we still have the base and Trump's influence on the base. As long as he lives, he will have that influence. So you know, what happens and, if yeah. the base is um, unconvinced by this evidence? Mm-hmm. What What happens in the election? You already kind of answered this, Stephanie, but, uh, I'm asking Tim really the same thing what happens in november what happens in 2024 what happens to the country um in terms of you know the vision of the public uh, of the electorate um the the divisiveness um the, the culture wars what happens if if the base just doesn't buy this result or this evidence that's coming out in in the, in the select in the, uh, committee?
1: Well, nothing happens if they win. Uh, if they don't win, which I think w- what you're trying to allude to is I think you'll see more challenges at the state houses. I see, I see people showing up now with their newfounded Supreme Court decision of packing weapons at their holster and entering into uh, state legislatures, um, various government agencies and, 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 and strutting their stuff that I'm allowed to pack. And by the way, the, the fact that I'm packing means I have power. So you better listen to me. And you better listen to my crazy uh, ideas about what government should be and how I should be served as a grievance-ridden individual. And you better start paying attention to me. Oh, you don't wanna pay attention to me? Watch this. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at because if, if Trump wins
0: this thing, uh, either this fall or in 2024, um, it's a kind of mandate, it's an affirmation um, that he is right and his base is going to be all the more supportive of him. Uh, and, you know, the possibility of an, another insurrection is all the greater. Uh, it's like um, an echo chamber in which um, these very bizarre QAnon visions and theories about government and the country um, have have greatest support. That's, I worry about that a lot. It will not be the same as it was in his administration. He has learned his base. They have learned, and they will be trying to be more successful than they were in bringing the House down. Uh, Stephanie, so you want to reconsider your thought, your uh, optimistic thought about November?
2: Well, remember that the wind, that not only Trump, uh, you know the interest is going away from Trump. They are reporting that his he's lowering his his uh, approval ratings are lowering, or the, the the fascination is off, and so he's starting to decline in that kind of allegiance. But remember that the Republicans have managed to get all of these uh, these things to happen to voting, so we're we're gerrymandered and all and and precluded from getting to the polls because there aren't any or whatever or mailing in because we're not having anyway so all of that's going to be a factor too so i'm just saying that to me the trump your point about the trump is really really good but he's starting to fade and i'm hearing this from a number of places that he is starting to fade and that goes along with the comment that liz cheney said you know that eventually he's going to be gone and then they're going to just be left with dishonor But other things are going to happen, like there's Stacey Abrams. She's getting strong, and then this whole Uvalde shooting thing with the governor down in Texas has also opened up maybe the door for some changes. So these are some pretty uh, rock rock hard. Now the
0: changes didn't happen in the Senate, though. That bill is is uh, lukewarm. Yeah, but but
2: I mean for Kemp, you know, Kemp is vulnerable, and the other got the Texan uh, Bebo, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Abbott is vulnerable, as is uh, Kemp. Uh, both of them are starting to be, um, you know, eroded. In okay,
0: we're into we're into final final comments now. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, we have a viewer question. Let me open it.
2: I can read it. What about pursuing the Fourteenth Amendment Section Three as a more reliable way to keep him from holding office again, and possibly? Applying to other election deniers that are on the ballot for well, the she is applying
0: that the Fourteenth Amendment Section Three to other election deniers on the ballot. Well, Tim, you and I have discussed this many
1: times. Um, what is your thought about whether that's a viable option? Now, the question is, can you proactively prevent Donald Trump from running for office if he hasn't announced his candidacy? And if the answer is yes, then by all means do it. Jay and I've talked about it. I'm about ready to run for president because I'd like to be at the first act of my candidacy is to attack Trump on the 14th Amendment, paragraph three, which I think now is enough evidence to say you shall be denied office.
2: What is that evidence, Tim?
1: Everything that the House Select Committee is coming up with. There is more than enough evidence to say that Donald Trump was up to his neck in a conspiracy of sedition.
2: Okay. He doesn't have to be indicted for that.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay. Well, that's a question. That's the question. It's the, that's the question. In section 3 is,
2: is okay, not so self-executing. So there's, the,
1: there's others that have been denied office in the past that were not convicted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a statement okay, of so fact. It, OK, you guys, all... we're, we're out of time. I yep. love this conversation, but we're not finished with it. Uh, it's an ongoing thing. The evidence coming in, the reaction of the base, the, the reaction of the country in general. Um, and of course the reaction of the courts, however however ineffective they may be. We are really swimming in deep water here and we'll continue this conversation. And uh, Tim, I wanna be clear about this. I will support you for president and I will speak to Stephanie about doing the same. Uh, Tim Apicella, Stephanie stone Uh here, I, here on American Issues Take Two. I'm you heard
1: it here first. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Thank you.